Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call Story Chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, Honey Parker. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Oh, gentlemen. (laughs) Never been called that before. I think the last time I got called sir, I was in a very, it just made me uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the first time I was called ma'am, I think I was I was about like 17 years old and it was a 12 year old. Oh. Like, OK, <laughs> 17, I'm ma'am. Wow. It's all perception. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, for our listeners who don't know anything about you, you just want to tell us a bit about mm-hmm. yourself to get us started? No. No, OK. <laughs> I'll just send them to your website. There you go. Oh, my God. That's so much easier. Well, as you mentioned, I'm Honey Parker. Um, we're probably chatting because I wrote a series of novels called Carefulish. Mm-hmm. And they are about six friends living in New York City in the beginning of COVID lockdown. And it is satire because, as we all know, COVID's funny. <laughs> Until it's not. Yeah. Like right now because I have COVID. <laughs> so what else would you like to know well i'm just going to say while, while on that topic just don't make any of that jokes to the uh australian leaders because um they'll probably yeah. lock you up <laughs> they have to come find me first <laughs> well you know when there's a will there's a way <laughs> okay all right so uh, noted i i appreciate the warning uh, yeah um no well, why don't we just dive into these yep. icebreakers um for a bit of fun and uh, yeah, you want to take take it away, Ryan? No worries. So this one, this one's the the one that we we like to ask all our guests these questions and get them unique in perspective. So if you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be? So easy, loud eaters. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you ever watch a movie called A Quiet Place? No. Could, oh. Like, oh. This is before it came out before COVID, so we're allowed in the cinema. But yeah. the first five minutes of the movie is like almost dead silence. Mm-hmm. And you know what a movie theater is like? Oh, okay. So <laughs> flashback. I know these are supposed to be quick, quick questions. That's all right. Go for it. I, years ago, I, I was in a movie theater with my mother and we were seeing the movie Amadeus, which is not like yeah. a rip-roaring riot. But anyway, it was mostly empty theater, but about five rows behind us was somebody with sucking candy. <laughs> the the unwrapping of the sucking candy, which took about five good minutes, you know, followed by the sucking candy. And I ended up doing a stand-up routine about it without ever doing anything other than telling exactly what happened. Because I kept looking back and you know, like giving him the look, you know, yeah. the look. Yeah. And then and he not kept not, he's just sucking this candy. <laughs> And finally, I turned back and it was one of those not realizing the words are going to come out of your mouth. I thought I was just thinking it. I turned around and I just I was like, Jesus Christ. And my mother reeled back and the guy reeled back and I reeled back because I heard my 
yeah. words echoing and yeah so i am familiar yeah oh well, wow yeah. i was surrounded by loud eaters was just, and what did you do i just you know there's nothing i could do it was a good movie so <laughs> well then who came up with popcorn as the food to eat in the movie theater i'd like to know that yeah exactly you know like well, why don't you just chew ice <laughs> what are something like bread or bread products which don't actually make any noise? I think that would be genius if yes. you just got like a baguette. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just have a hundred people eating a baguette while watching Spider-Man or something. There you go. And come on, baguette. Good. All right. We'll, we'll have a marketing. Some nice meeting. Irish butter. <laughs> we'll have a marketing meeting after this. Uh, <laughs> okay. Perfect. 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 Uh, um, tell us something that's on your bucket list. Seriously, on my bucket list is visit Australia. Oh, there you go. Give it time. As long as you're not a tennis player, you'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it is. Honestly, it's a beautiful country. I've traveled around here many, many times through my 40 years here. And um, it's just, yeah, that would be a good decision. You can't make sure you give yourself a couple of weeks and yeah. try and try and visit. Try and just, if you can get a car and drive, just drive around Australia. Well, anytime we travel anywhere, you meet people and they're from Australia. Yeah. And you say, how long are you staying? And they're like, ah, you know, just two months. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are quite laid back. Yeah, we um, are. Yeah. So, oh, that's you know, if you go somewhere, good. you commit. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, you're always going to win points with us if you say you want to come out and visit here. So, <laughs> well, I do. Yeah. Now, this is, this is the, the real, this is getting into the real Honey Parker and giving us the 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 we this is how we're going to judge you. Um, <laughs> Craig, tell us what you think is the greatest sitcom ever made. Uh, I think the one episode of the greatest sitcom ever made is the episode of Taxi, where Jim goes for his uh, taxi driver's license. Okay, okay. Is, there's a question that he's asked, and ever, all his friends are behind him, and the question is, what does a yellow light mean? And he doesn't know the answer. So he kind of whispers to his friends behind him, what does a yellow light mean? And they say, slow down. So he says, what does? <laughs> you know, so he goes through that and, and he says, and they say, slow down. And this keeps going on. And like the second time it's funny, the third time it's hysterical, the fourth time it's not funny anymore. <laughs> but by time nine, it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. There. Yeah, there's a there's an Australian comedian. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh no, he's UK. He's in. He used to live in Australia. He's called Ross Noble. Okay. Um, he is renowned for just doing a joke over and over and over, over and just keeps going, and then you stop laughing, and then you start laughing again because it's. I love so the. You know, it's it sounds stupid to speak academically about comedy, but I love that dynamic that it's yeah. funny and then it's just not funny for a long time and then it's just it can't be anything but funny yeah <laughs> exactly you're right oh no that's a great answer we appreciate that um, uh, now, now we'd like to know what what you're thinking of what, what are your thoughts on the zombie apocalypse do you know what you would do i completely know what i would do it's very very simple i am going to have sex holding a hand grenade <laughs> And and at the best moment, I'm going to let the grenade go because I'm not hanging around for the apocalypse. 
because as we've all learned, you know, the what's the show that's been like a million seasons? The Walking, oh, the Walking Dead. Dead. The Walking Dead. So eventually you're going to get it. And you just spent like a year, two years living a horrible life in panic. You yeah. know what? So I'm just going to be like incredibly happy and go. I think that's the best answer we've had. And you know what? It's made me rethink my, my, uh, cause I was just, I was going to, we have something like what you guys have Walmart over there. We have a store called Bunnings, which is a home hardware store. Uh-huh. And I always said that I would go there because, you know, you got chainsaws, you got axes, you got <laughs> machetes and all that. That's the safest place to go. But then yeah. I don't want to be stuck there for years and years and years and then eventually get eaten anyway. Yeah. Why not just go out doing the thing you love? With a bang, as yeah, it were. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yes. There you go. Bang, bang. Okay. I like that. I'm yeah. gone. Props. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's definitely going that if we when we do a promo of the best answers for that, I think that'll be the winner. <laughs> <sighs> I love making a promo. <laughs> and the last of the icebreaker ones, this is a bit of a bit of an out there one. So uh, Elon Musk contacts you and says, Hey, I've just invented a time machine. I want you to be the first person to test drive it. Where yeah. do you go? Or what do you do? Well, what I do is I pack a towel and a length of rope. Okay. Any more? Um... I was going to say, do you, would you care to elaborate? <laughs> well, years, you know, it's weird the things that stick with you. And I remember years ago, I had heard that no matter, you should always have a towel and a long length of rope in your car because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. I think the long length of length of rope is if you're like in a really, really snowy blizzard place or, you know, crazy weather conditions and you try to venture for the car from yeah. the car for help. Okay. Yeah. And if you tie rope to the car and yourself, mm-hmm. you can always get back because people have died like yards from their car. No, that, that mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And the towel, cause you know, maybe I can swim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to towel off after. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Now, while, uh, while we're okay, laughing, sorry. while we're laughing, I'm 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 interested um, about um, your stand-up comedy because yeah, I, I did music for about ten years, and I said when I started, if if I failed at that, which I did, um, I would. Attempt- now I'm going to stop you. You didn't fail because you actually did it. Oh, that's true. Exactly. But in my in my teenage mind, you know. You know, I wanted to be Blink-182, um, and I'm not Blink-182. So, I, I just, you know, I had that backup plan. I, I wanted to do stand-up, but, you know, um, never did. Yeah. Um, still curious. It's just I think in today's culture, you, if you make the wrong joke, then you're cancelled. It's that sort oh of Oh, my thing. gosh. It would be <laughs> yeah. so hard now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I started doing it. Um, so my career, my, my pay-the-bills career, was always advertising Mm -hmm. and I was in New York city and there was a contest called funniest person advertising. And at that point, that was before I became a writer. Uh, I was an art director and friends of mine said, you should really do this. You should sign up for this. Everybody else in the contest was writers, but I thought I should do this. And because you only had to do three minutes. And I thought, I can talk for three minutes. I can talk for three hours. No problem. (laughs) And, you know, I went, and I'm waiting to go on and I'm, you know, my, my hands are folded and my fingers were like white because I was clenching down so hard and my anxiety was crazy. And um, I'm trying to remember the name of the comedian that went up before me. It'll come to me as soon as this is over. But anyway, I went up, uh, I did my three minutes. I think my, 
my voice was probably two octaves higher, <laughs> you know, because I was just so, yeah. so jacked up. But I went up and I, I had all my material written, but I thought they'll be with me if I'm, if I feel like I'm in the moment. And it was the most humid day. And you all can't see this, but my hair is, is really curly, although not right now because I'm in Utah and it's <laughs> bone dry here. But anyway, it was New York City and I was like a chia pet and super humid. And I got up there and I said, man, it is humid today. I haven't had a chance to check because my hair's still straight. And I got a laugh on that. And that kind of relaxed me. And I did my set and I won my night and I won the next night and I won the whole thing and I was dubbed funniest person in advertising and it went from there. Excellent. Nice. So just, oh, this is not one of the questions on the list, but just going on with your stand-up comedy, uh, stand-up comic career, uh, who was your favorite comedian that you got to work with? You know, whether is well, whether he or she's well known or not. Did oh have- my gosh. That I got to work with. Yeah. That to, I'll, I'll tell you, there was a gal that you guys aren't going to know. And I always get in trouble for saying the word gal because people say it's so throwback, but I love it. <laughs> um, and girl sounds too young and woman yeah, sounds yeah. like, you know, cleaning woman. So I don't like that. <laughs> and Retha Jones. Okay. This was in LA and it was at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And I would always show up for at least one or two acts before mine. Cause I wanted to kind of get in the vibe of the room. And after a while, I always started by doing a joke related to the person that was right before me. So yeah. I, it would feel of the moment. And she got up there and she put like her arm on the mic stand and she just stared down the audience, just stared <laughs> them down. And it was like, it was like that joke you tell five times, but after enough time went by, people just started laughing Yeah, and enough time. And she just straight face said, I can wait. <laughs> and it was <laughs> like, it wasn't even a joke, but it was like one of the ballsiest things I had ever seen someone do. And I loved it. Oh, that's great. Excellent. I always like to ask, you know, when we, when we have people like yourself who, have, who, who have had, you know, had a good stand up career, just, you know who who your favorite person is so sorry to throw that in if it was unexpected but <laughs> no that's all right because yeah, I, I love comedy and i love checking out new comedians and and you know speaking to you, you might have someone that i've never heard of and i might go on youtube or i might look it up and and end up being a favorite comedian of mine so yeah i always like to ask that cool um well let's start talking about your book uh, yes. uh, I started reading the first one this morning and I must say, you know, I need to read more. <laughs> um, I, I even compare, look, my, one of my favorite filmmakers is James Gunn. Okay. And he is brilliant at doing, you know, groups of people coming together. Like so Guardians of the Galaxy, he's got, you know, all that yeah. people happening on the page. And I noticed that in, in your book, you've got this in the, in the dive bar-esque. Um, yeah. All these people, like, so... I'm going to say that you're, you're very much like James Gunn in the fact that you can really work characters together in, in a situation um, very, really well. And I was very impressed by that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's um, I, I really enjoyed it. So I just, I just finished writing the third book in the series and it's, it's the same core group yeah. in all of them. And, you know, when I started writing this, I had no idea how deep into each character I was going to get. Mm. 
yep. and how much I was really going to like them. And so it bugs me now if somebody says, you know, Jackson's a bit of a dick. Uh, I'm like, no, <laughs> come on. Um, but I love dialogue from all these different people yeah. and they are quite different. They know each other from high school. And when they moved to New York, they found each other. And so it's not like they were best friends in high school. So they're all kind of quite different. But when I moved to New York, I hooked up with people that I had gone to school with. And all of a sudden, people that you just kind of knew because they're in New York and you're in New York and your family's not in New York, you just gravitate towards them and they become your people. And that's why these so very different people are all together. Uh, and and I just love the interaction between all of them. Excellent. Yeah. So like, I'm looking forward to uh, what I what I always do if we have an author on there. I always pick up at least the first of their books after yeah. we speak to them. So I'm looking forward to checking this out. So thank you for that. And uh, what my question is, um, what inspired you to write a fictional story about the social fallout from from the pandemic from COVID nineteen? Well, I mean, this is kind of cliche, but we started doing a Zoom call with friends of ours in in the Northeast at the beginning of COVID. And we were just joking about all the insanely ridiculous things that we were hearing people do during COVID. Um, My husband and I were screenwriting partners when we lived in Hollywood. And I had also um, monkeyed around with sitcoms. And so this woman on the call is at a major network. And she said, you know, you really should write a sitcom. You should write this as a sitcom. And I was in COVID lockdown. So what else was I going to do? And so like in a day I wrote a sitcom and on the next day I mapped out the first season and I gave it to her. And having been in Hollywood, I know that almost nothing ever gets made. And -hmm. I gave it to her and it didn't get made because her network said, we're not doing anything COVID, forget it. And my husband said, you know, you should write it as a novel because then you don't have to wait for somebody to green light it. It will get made. It will exist in space. And I was about two chapters in and he said, by the way, it has to be a trilogy. And I don't know why I didn't tell him to just bug off. Um, I didn't. I just put my head down and started writing. And um, yeah, that's how it all began. Nice. Um, I love satire. Like I've, I recently discovered it. um, So it's, it is my jam, but um, yeah. So why 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 are satire for this um, particular series? Well, you know, in in the beginning of COVID, and it wasn't COVID related, but my mom passed in the beginning of COVID after like a two year health struggle. So it was I was in lockdown, and my mom, who I was really really close with, died, and I I needed a laugh, and yeah. you know I'm I was brought up like my family always laughed. You know we yeah. Through it all, you know, there was always something that you could joke about. And so I felt like if I needed to laugh, I probably wasn't alone. Yeah. And and I love the balance of humor and heart. And and I I felt like if I did, if I made things ridiculous enough and we laughed enough that I could sneak in some heart, um, which which I do later in the book and and much more in the second book. Um, The second book's better than the first bugs me but um, same thing for back yeah. to the future, so, uh, pardon it's the same thing with the back to the future series second there you one. go <laughs> so uh uh what's the name uh the godfather yeah oh yes 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 you know yes. 
Yes, I can't say yes anymore. It's one of my favorite <laughs> trilogies of movies, but yes, yes. Oh, can, oh, then I'm after this is all done, I want to geek out with you on something that I recognized in the first one that we need Excellent. to discuss. <laughs> Excellent. Because I saw it on a large screen and it came yeah. flashing to me. Wow. But anyway, it was it was just time to laugh. I felt like we needed it. No, I agree. And and that's I suppose part of our culture here as Aussies down here, we we try not to take anything too seriously. I yeah. do put emphasis on try because there are some people who do, but I mean, right. I was raised in the same club. We we laughed. We love our comedy. You know, I used to go, I used to get taken to comedy nights at our local, you know, um, club, our RSL club every Wednesday night that have free comedians. And, and some of those comedians are now quite big in the Australian scene. So yeah, look, I 100% agree, you know. And, you I, and I felt laugh. like also like during COVID lockdown, like when you're locked in, you do some really stupid, funny things. Yeah, hundred percent. Really stupid, funny things. Yeah, like 100%. it just everything was more intense. I agree totally. Like, and why not? Yeah, exactly. Now you did touch on this a little bit, but are the characters based in your book based on real people? Yes and no. Okay. Um, some of them are combinations of people. I've given every single one of them has a boatload of my quirks. So that lets you know how incredibly quirky I am. Cause I had enough for six people. Yeah. And in the second book, there are more people. And so there were more, um, but one of the characters I gave her, my parents okay. and a, because write what you know, B because my parents are like every Jewish sitcom parents you have ever seen. <laughs> those are my parents. People would meet my parents and they would say, Oh my God, did you hear that? That was so funny. I'm like, I lived with that. That's what I grew up with. That's nothing new. But also it gave me time to hang with my mom again, which I didn't realize was going to happen. But I just, I just loved it. And when I got to the end of the first book, I started getting sad because I thought this is the end of hanging with my mom. And then I realized, no, another book. We're good. Yeah, exactly. No, that I agree. I lost my mom about 11 years ago and um, you know, I do a bit of writing here and there and I'm I would uh, as well as Jamie not in the same band but I was a musician as well and I used to write and write and it does it brings back gives you the chance to spend more time with the people you look you've lost and I totally totally understand that so yeah you know I yeah great answer yeah thank you um so you want to tell us where you came up with the name carefulish and why it's called <laughs> carefulish and can you be carefulish with your answer <laughs> <laughs> I can attempt to be carefulish and I'll probably say something to offend a ton of people because I could do that. I was just going to say something that was going to be offensive. I stopped myself. You're uh, not alone. Trust me. Yeah. Carefulish. Humans, we love our rationalizations. Yeah. You know, we can rationalize anything. I, I love every apology is just a rationalization. It's not, it's not true contrition. It is just here's why I did it. And so you can see that I was okay. So, and then COVID just brought up like this whole new world of rationalizations, you know, like I made out with a stranger, but I had a breath mint first, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so I was like, Oh, well, I was careful ish. Yeah, and, you know, I, and I, would, I would hear people doing things and, and I would think, Oh my God, that's insane. Who would do that during COVID? But then I spent COVID at a ski resort and, you know, I had my mask on and all that, but 
I skied more days during COVID than I ever had in my whole life. And I think my friends in Los Angeles thought I was batshit crazy. Like yeah. who, who would do that? So yeah. I was no, careful. I like that. that. I like that. Yeah. I it's like as it. close yeah. as we get. Yeah. Well, that that's like that reminds me of something we have out here, which is kind of carefully shit. Our supermarkets out here, uh, we have a supermarket called Woolworths, and they put up these big plastic shields that say these are here to protect you, like to protect at you and the employees. But yet the employees are touching every item you buy. <laughs> Right. That, that's kind of careful-ish, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they lick it and hand it to yeah. you <laughs> and say, is this what you wanted? And then you lick it and you're like, no, that's not quite right. Uh, Give that to someone else. And, and, and they still let you, you use cash. So uh, Yeah. yeah uh, right. I kind of, yeah. those big, pla- you know, plexiglass guards, I just want to sneeze on them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, uh, but I don't because I'm careful. Ish, and that would be <laughs> uh, now here's here's a question that I'm sure um, you've probably been asked before. But in in writing these books and the and the topics that you're writing about, why didn't you bring up politics? Because <laughs> it sucks. Because um, yeah. it's yeah. not funny. No, you no. know there there are so many things that I could joke about, and it just wasn't funny. And the one of the big challenges for me was we all know what happened and we all know what was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And so there were some big things that I did address because during the life of the books, we had, you know, the real uprise of the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. and the marches and all that. And I had to, I couldn't pretend it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought, well, how do I address this? respectfully um you know and not you know that was a really tough balance for me and and i interviewed a bunch of people who lived in new york city and were there for for all of that and talked to them about the impact of that and their answers were really interesting and not not really what I expected. And that's what was reflected in the book. All that said, I am a total weenie. And there is a gap between the second book and the third book. And I'm sure you heard what happened in, in my lovely country, which I love, in uh, the beginning of January this past year. Mm-hmm. And I just skipped that altogether because I was like, <laughs> I'm not skilled enough. The second book starts in February. I mean, the third book. Third <laughs> quite, book starts quite in February. Safe. Quite safe. You yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I'm actually more interested now. Um, so your second book, is that just a continuation of the first one? Same characters and everything? It is It is the same characters. Uh we know them more so I could do more with them. And then one of the characters, something happens and they have to go to a different location in the country for a while. And that is utterly ridiculous because the location that I send them to was one of the lesser carefulish places (laughs) in my great country. Uh, And I know that because I have friends living there and they would post stuff and I would, I'm like, what, what are you doing? And now they're going to hear this and they're going to go, oh my God, that was because of me. And yeah. the answer is yes, it was because yeah. of you. It's cute. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, and then we get, we get some more characters that are part of their lives and uh, 
Yeah, we just we just dig a little deeper. You know, when I started this, it started with just all the ridiculous things that people were doing during Carefulish, and then it just got way more human than I thought it was going to. <laughs> Um, do, do you plan to stop at three or, or are you expecting people to go, please give us more? How lovely would that be? Hmm. Uh, if people say, please give us more, I have a prequel oh. in mind and I have a novella in mind and then something else. And I did leave the third one with a huge cliffhanger, just oh. in case. But I'm actually now starting another series um just to break up my life a little bit next well i've, I've actually got another question apologies it's not on the list from what we were talking about <laughs> no, so, no 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 no. um carefulish was initially started off as a sitcom pilot yeah now that you've written the books and the trilogy do you think you could if if approached you could still go back and turn it into a sitcom i would actually truth be known I would like to turn it into perhaps like a six, maybe a six part uh, movie series. I think that would be, I'd really like it as a movie, but now that it's three books, I think there's, there's enough material to pull out like a six part series. Excellent. But I I wouldn't want to do, I wouldn't want it to turn into a sitcom because I, I think that it would, some of the more serious moments in it, mm, there may not be a place for it. And I think that that balance yeah. is what makes it work. Yeah. Agreed. If I might say that it works, maybe somebody <laughs> will say, well, it doesn't work at all. What are you talking about? But in my yeah. mind, it works. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Well, hopefully we'll keep our eyes out maybe. Would, and gone that, would you prefer like a, a, a prime time or would you think it'd be better off like a Netflix or a, a, where, where you sort of don't have the limitations that you have? I think I think Netflix would be aces. That would make me quite happy. Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. So so hashtag Netflix. Hashtag (laughs) Netflix. Call Honey Parker. Exactly. We'll make it happen. We'll start the movement. I had a feeling y'all were pretty powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cool. Um, just trying to think of other things. You mentioned on your website that you've done a bit of screenwriting. Yeah. Um, when I was living in, in LA, we were living in Hollywood uh, before my husband and I were husband and wife. He is friends with somebody who is an Oscar winning screenwriter mm-hmm. and a lovely, lovely person. I'm going to drop her name because just because you all should look her up. Pam Wallace is an amazingly wonderful person. Actually, she wrote one of the uh, blurbs on the back of my book. Oh, wow. And she had an idea for a movie, but it was a comedy and comedy is just not her jam. Yeah. And she asked Blaine, I'm going to say his name. My husband's name is Blaine. I usually call him Mr. Parker because we have a very (laughs) formal relationship, but she asked him if he would write it. And he said, would you mind if I wrote it with honey? And I honestly, to this day, have no idea why he asked that. And she said, fine. So that was the first screenplay we wrote and we sold it. And then we sold about a half a dozen more and none of them ever got made. Oh, because <sighs> I was good. That was my next question. Where can I see these? <laughs> but yeah, Nowhere. Well, it sounds in like they could mind. Be, you could possibly turn them into books in the future or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> 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 
Oh, that's possibly. Possibly, cool. perhaps. Um, I'm drawing blanks. So, um, improv. Do you have any jokes you want to tell us? Oh, that's the worst thing you can ask. Us. <laughs> I said to Jamie, that's the worst thing you can ask a stand-up comedian. Tell us a joke. Well, actually, what I would like is to hear you sing a song. Oh, no. Um, I thought you were in a band. We were a long Separately. time ago. Well, well, okay, so what instruments did you all play or did you sing? I, yeah, he, we were both singers. We weren't in the same band, but Jamie also played guitar. Yeah. Okay, well, I sang in a band, so I think we need to start a group. Um, I think this is this is really where this is going to go. It's not so much about my book. It's we are fulfilling your dream from as long as our first song is jailhouse rock. Because <laughs> we feel like we're in a jailhouse at the moment. <laughs> well, oh, can I may I disclose because I can see your screen that you all have a mattress against the wall? Oh yeah, yes. that's my old old mattress, yes. So we turned Jamie's room into our recording studio kind of because i live about an hour away oh jamie lives in the mountains i live in the city so i which i love the drive up here i love drive so we yeah we he used to have a bigger bed but then we turned this room into the best acoustics studio so he had to downgrade his bed so that we could do this <laughs> sacrifices <laughs> so yeah this nothing, is... nothing sus it's just literally that's his old bed yeah. it's pretty bougie <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, i love it well, <laughs> What we might it's get you so to do um, is before we wrap up, please tell everyone where they can find you, where we can buy the books, everything like that. Plug All away. All right. So my website, to be as obscure as possible, is honeyparkerbooks.com. Oh, easy to remember. Super simple. I have a group on Facebook called Careful-ish. Mm -hmm. Simple. On Instagram, I am honeyparkerbooks. Yep. And should you care to buy any of the books, and God love you if you do, uh, uh, they're on Amazon. Uh, you can go to carefulish.com, or the second book is daughterofcarefulish.com. The third book, which is not out yet, so just to confuse everyone, is <laughs> Bride of Carefulish. So the books that are out now are Carefulish and Daughter of Carefulish, all on Amazon. Wonderful. Well, um, thank you very much for coming on. Um, we'd love to have you back when your third book's out. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. If you can hang for a second, I want to take a screenshot. Of course. Of course. Because, you know, I, I am nothing if not a poster. Here we go. One, two, ten. Fantastic. Cool. I think we look great. Excellent. Yep. No, thanks for the lovely chat. And as I said, we definitely want to get you on. Let us know when your next book is going to drop. And All right. you on just before, and then we can promote the hell out of it. Completely appreciate it. I thank you, gentlemen. You oh, are gentlemen. Definitely. I was right. Thank you so much, honey. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to support Stories the True and the Fictional, you can do so by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. That's the acronym for Stories the True and the Fictional there. You can do a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly membership. Whatever you're comfortable with. With your support, we can keep this show up and running and bring you the awesome content we do every week. 
So if you can, head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Stories, the True and the Fictional.